Welcome to the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. How, how does your faith kind of play into it or does it play into it? What can be done about it? When I say the church, I'm talking about uh, evangelical white Christians and the black folk who attend their churches. Hello, welcome to the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh. As we begin our fourth year of the Thrive Podcast, we thank you for taking the time to either view this on YouTube or listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or Amazon Prime. I'm very happy to welcome today Mr. J.K. Lee, who uh, has started his own sports uh, entrepreneurship, J.K. Lee Sports. Mr. Lee, thank you so much for taking the time to come and share with us today. Man, I'm glad to be here, man. I'm looking forward to it. Now, before we talk about what what, what you really want to talk about, (laughs) which is J.K. Lee Sports, I understand that you are an avid Dallas Cowboys fan. So help me, please by sharing with me your expertise as to what happened Sunday night uh, between the Cowboys and uh, uh, who, who is it who beat us? Um, who beat us, man? I, I, I even looked at the game. Oh, the, the 49ers. 49 <laughs> what, what, what happened between the Cowboys and the 49ers? Why is it that we wait till the fourth quarter to start playing football? Well, first of all, that, that's, that, that's Mike McCarthy. Like, he... he Everything we do is reactive. Like, we never plan going into the game on what, on what works. So that's the reason why the, the teams that aren't very good, we can blow them out on talent. But the teams that are decent, we're winning records, we struggle with them because everything that we do is based on adjustments. We wait to the second half to change stuff around. Everything we prepare to do, it never works in the first half against good teams. Mm-hmm. And it's Mike McCarthy. They need to fire him. <clears throat> he was just hired two years ago, and right? Fire him. Okay. If we fire him, which direction would you like to see the team go? I'm a real big fan of uh, Bellamy at uh, Kansas City. Okay. The offensive coordinator. Huge fan of him. That would make my wife happy. She's a (laughs) Kansas City fan. Well, I don't know if it would make her happy or not because she'd be losing her offensive coordinator. But uh, (laughs) uh, uh, I I don't think that the young man who's there, uh, Kellen Moore, is ready uh, to step into head coach shoes. I can't even believe that's even an option. Yeah. Because he's not doing a great job with the offense right now. We're not balanced on offenses. Well, you can't run the ball. Can't run the ball uh, and, at all. And uh, <clears throat> two great running backs. Our offensive as, line is supposed to be good. As and, a guy who has been watching Dallas Cowboys football since I was six years old, this has got to be one of the worst running attacks that I have ever seen. And it all starts with the guys up front. They can't stay healthy. That, that's when they are healthy. They have off-the-field issues that keep them out of the game. Lael Collins, I'm talking straight at you. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, and, and, and I just don't believe that Ezekiel Elliott is the answer. I, I think you need to give the ball more to Tony Pollard than you do to Ezekiel Elliott. Well, I, I think the knock on Tony Pollard is Zeke can pass block. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard want to come out the backfield and catch passes. He is not really real big, and so that limits his snaps. But I hadn't given up on uh, Zeke yet, man. I'm a Zeke fan. I think 
if we can get some kind of continuity on the offensive line, Zeke will still because it's a still a thousand yard a year running back. I I do believe that. Seventeen games in a year, you ought to be a thousand yard rusher. <laughs> That, that, that gotta, that's not the standard anymore. Yeah, you're right. The, you're right. the standard of, of a thousand yards was when there was a 12 game yeah. season, but but it hadn't especially, been a 12 game season for a long time. Especially when you had a, the you know like the Tennessee running back rushing for two thousand yeah. every yeah. They're making that boy get up off off of his sick bed to play Sunday. <laughs> yeah, uh, say you, you gonna run the ball? Gonna run <laughs> you gonna run the ball for us? Yeah. That, that. yeah so, all right, that, that's enough lamenting about my team. <laughs> Tell me about J.K. Lee Sports. Get, get, give me the, the 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 quick synopsis, the the background, the history of J.K. Lee Sports. How, how, how did you get started with? Well, this? I got started. Uh, I tell you about it all the time. But I got started. A good friend of mine, uh, Precious Collins. She uh, called me and she was like, "Look, you be at all the high school games, you know. The kids love you, love seeing you there. You can do this. You need to take it serious. You need to be a sports media guy." Mm-hmm. So I was like, "What? You know what is that?" So she started giving me examples. She gave me the name, made a few shirts uh, for me, and I just started showing up at the games and, you know, created a Twitter page. Started with my my cell phone, just video with my phone. Okay. The kids highlights, add a little music to it. Posted on Twitter and Instagram, the kids started going crazy for it. Mm-hmm. Yo, know, my following started going up. And then the, the, Terrence, Terrence calls me and says, hey, I got something for you. Okay. <laughs> and then when that happened, it kind of took off. He's talking about little. Terrence Turner, head of Mad Game Entertainment yeah. and the auto video minister for Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church, in case you didn't know who he was talking yep, about. Yep, yep, yep. That's what I'm talking The man. The boss. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, he gave me the opportunity to uh, have a, a a TV segment on one of his TV shows. Shout out to Hustle uh, on one of Hustle shows, and got great reception from it. And all I've been doing just interviewing the local athletes, all the high school athletes. Show up to the game. Uh-huh. Me and Alex go now. Nah, we show up to the game. We interview the kids, and they go on the. It was going on the TV segment then. Then I came back again for the fall and did another TV segment. And then Terrence gave me the whole TV show this spring. So the okay. TV show is airing right now on uh, WBTR Cable Channel 19. Okay. Now, you cover all aspects of high school sports? Yeah. Or, or do do you lean heavy into one sport over another? No, all of them. All of them. If a, if a kid inboxes me, a parent, a coach, if they inbox me, text me, and call me and say, hey, man, look, we need you out here, man. Me and Alex showing up with the cameras. Okay. <laughs> so... T- tell me what happens. A kid calls you and says, "Come out and 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 and, and watch me play and and film me." What's the process from there? Well, it, 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 that's it. Uh, the one game, um, the Glen Oaks homecoming. They all got together at practice and was like, "Man, look, we all need to hit J.K. Lee up." Man, <laughs> look at my phone. I get like 30, 40 different messages. Man, please come to homecoming. Please come to homecoming. Man, we want y'all to come to homecoming. Mm-hmm. And I have a photographer too, so he takes pictures of the kids. Okay. So a lot of those kids, they'll get his picture. And use it as their profile picture on Instagram and Twitter, stuff like that. So they wanted all of us to come, and we just go. And when when you develop all of this media data, what do you do with it? How, how do you publicize it? You, you have your own website. Well, I heard I, you mention Instagram. Uh, do you have your own website or Facebook? Well, I have, how I, does it get out? I have I have Facebook. I have a, a Twitter page. Actually, Twitter is real big because I have a lot of college coaches following me on Twitter. Okay. So, matter of fact, I just talked to uh, a, a guy from Mississippi State the other day, just checking in, asking me if I knew of any kids 
any talent in the area, you know, to let them know, you know, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. That's why Twitter is so huge because you get those college coaches following you. Mm-hmm. They get their eyes on the on the kids down here. Not not the kids get scholarship offers. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's basis of what we're trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. Just give our kids in Baton Rouge the opportunity, South Louisiana, the opportunity to be seen by college coaches so they can earn scholarships. Because I'm going to tell you, ain't nothing to like leaving college without student loans. Yeah. Well. So, so you know, you, you know, you you get a, you you have a guy um, that just grew up playing football, was just good at it. Right. All of a sudden, his video gets seen on Twitter by the right coach, and now he gets a Division One football scholarship offer. He gets to go to school, get a free education, and graduate. Mm-hmm. Tell me your uh, appreciation for the level of athletic ability that exists within high school athletics, just on the whole, not not any particular sport. Are we superior? Are we average? Are we below average? Are we poor as a community? Where, 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 where does Baton Rouge sit I think with Baton, regard to talent? I think Baton Rouge has the most talent per capita, more talent per capita than any other place in, in, the, in the United States. Per capita, so like, okay, we know Houston has a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Miami has a lot of kids. Right. But you take our best team from Baton Rouge, and we go play the best team in Houston, or the best team in Miami. We win those games. I mean, I mean, if we talk to South Louisiana, um, Joe McKnight and John Curtis went up there and beat down Hoover, who's the number one ranked team in the country. Mm-hmm. They went up there, they right from New right from New Orleans, went up there and beat them down, beat them by three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So um, I just I like for our kids to in our area to definitely get noticed for what they're doing. That's my goal, man. <laughs> You're talking primarily football or it, any sport. In, any sport. Yeah, we actually have a select baseball team that uh, the Sluggers. We were the only all-black uh, select baseball team on the 2D circuit. Okay, help help me understand. <laughs> what, what what is the 2D circuit? 2D is um a, 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 actually uh, it's a it's like a travel base a travel baseball organization. Okay, <clears throat> they host tournaments all the way all over the country. And um, they have showcases and stuff like that. And um, actually, one of the guys who um, founded 2D is the coach at uh, Live Oak. And um, somebody brought an idea to me maybe last March. They were like, man, we got to get black kids playing baseball again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what can, how can you use what you're doing to get black kids back interested mm-hmm. in baseball? Mm-hmm. I said, boom, man, let's have a team. <laughs> so I went out there and I found the best black baseball players in the area and put them all on the same team. Okay. And we went and played in different tournaments, you know. Okay. Um, great experience, man. I mean, hey, and look, we took our lumps. But the other day, one of our best players just got a, a scholarship offer, uh, Chandler Guillory. So <clears throat> that was real big for us. Sure. <clears throat> I know it's good for him. Sure. That, that was real big for our organization too, though, because mm-hmm. um, it lets us know that people are seeing what we're doing, you know. <clears throat> <clears throat> baseball as far as professional sports is concerned, to my way of thinking, correct me if I'm wrong, is probably the most lucrative of the team sports because they don't have a cap limit uh, and the longevity of the players is much greater than it is for football or basketball. Am I correct in that? Oh, you're correct. Okay, so if that's the case, and I know that historically, 
you know, the Jackie Robinsons, the Roy Campanellas, the, mm. the Hank Aarons, the Willie Mayses, uh, you know, that, that was a different generation. That was my father's generation of baseball. But we gave up on baseball. Our, 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 as a whole, we fell away from baseball. And it, That's not correct? No, it's not, it's not a situation where uh, black kids fell away from baseball, stopped being interested. They got priced out of it. Okay. So, like I was just explaining to you, with travel baseball, which mm-hmm. is what we do, mm-hmm. um, it's a multi-billion-dollar uh, entity. Mm-hmm. Like no other sport makes more money during off-season than travel baseball, and people that's watching this can attest to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have these, you have uh, kids and parents spending seven, eight, nine thousand dollars to play on teams. Uh, plus hotels, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's a, an, it's a, it's definitely a, a, a monetary investment. And let's just be real, uh, a lot of the black kids in the city they can't afford that. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why we did this. Like we kept everything affordable. You know, we we didn't go out and charge the four, five, six thousand dollars to get. You know, mm-hmm. we did, we just didn't do that like mm-hmm. the other organizations do. We want to make it affordable so black kids can play. Like, the only black kids that really play travel baseball are the ones that can afford it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it wasn't, it wasn't, it, I, people always say, well, black kids are not interested in baseball. It's not true. Um, you'd be surprised how many kids right now, first sport was baseball. It's baseball. They grew up playing T-ball, okay. you know. Coach, coach threw them in the back of the truck. My dad threw them in the back, you know, mm-hmm. and we went to practice. Mm-hmm. And But it just, you know, we had, they had organizations like RBI was a national organization that didn't charge to keep black kids playing baseball, but then they kind of fell apart, you know. So I mean, we go we go to these travel baseball tournaments, man. They charge fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars a team to to enter into <laughs> these competitions. Yes. So so travel baseball is the baseball equivalent of AAU basketball. That's exactly what is it that is. Correct. That's exactly what okay. it is. So, from what I can gather, you have no trouble getting kids to play AAU basketball. No. But there's a greater difficulty in getting them to play baseball. Is that is is that the case? Well, when you have the shoe companies just. Paying for everything, so um, a lot of a lot of people, I like to call organization names, but some of them have these shoe companies backing them, mm-hmm. and kids like to pay nothing. Okay. So you go from see in travel baseball, it's a different environment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, for the most part, everybody pays to play travel baseball. AAU basketball is totally different. For the most part, nobody pays. If you can make an elite basketball really? organization, yeah, nobody pays. If you make an elite basketball organization mm-hmm. that has a shoe company backing them, mm-hmm. you ain't got to pay nothing, man, come play. You know, and that's just, so that's the difference. So, you know, if you have a parent sitting there and they like, look, my kid good in baseball, but he good in basketball. I ain't got to pay nothing that he could go play. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to pay $5,000 he go play. Mm-hmm. He gonna go play for free. <laughs> he gonna go play the sport that he can play for free. Sure. And that's just, that's just what it all boils down sure. to. Um, is there a minimum uh, academic requirement in order to play in these sports, uh, the travel baseball or the AAU basketball? You're, you're talking to me like I'm a complete novice. I don't know anything about it, so so you no, have to educate uh, me. Uh, I know that in school you have to have a minimum GPA. School you do. But, but when it comes to these uh, activities, th- these groups, you don't have to have that. No, and <laughs> academics, when you start talking AU and travel baseball, 
it, it's crazy how they have it set up because let's say you have a 15U team, a 15 under, so everybody on the team is 15 and under. Okay. But let's say you have a kid that's in 10th grade, but he's 16. Okay. He can play down with the 15-year-old because he gets a grade exception. <laughs> he gets a grade exception. So you'll walk up at these 12, these 12 under, these 12 and under AAU basketball tournaments, and you'll see a guy out there dunking and everything. He he 13, 13 and a half years old, but because he's in what is seventh grade. He playing with the seventh graders. So this is a wink and a nod type thing. <laughs> and and, it, and it, everybody knows it. Uh, it's just that's just the rule, and it don't make no sense to me. I, Who's the governing body over? AAU. Okay. And so, so, so you're talking basketball when when yeah, you say that. AAU. Okay, but when it comes to the travel baseball. Same way. I mean. It's same a, thing. They. I mean, when you fill out your when you fill out your information because how it is is when you register your team. Um, you can put their graduating year in, so you put their age and their graduation year. So let's say a kid is a twenty twenty four graduate, even though he may not be how old are them kids fifteen, even though he may he may be sixteen years old, he can still play with the twenty twenty fours, which are fifteen year olds. So okay, I, we saw that this summer. We I mean, <laughs> so. If you're a coach of, of a team and you see this on an opposing team. Can you lodge a complaint about it, or or, or or do you just have to accept it? I mean, for me, I'm going to be honest with you. When we go into those situations, travel baseball, and winning isn't that how my pride. Of course, we want to win. We want to be competitive. But I'm out there so we can get footage, so we can get these college, these kids in by college coaches. Okay. So for me, like we showed up <laughs> we showed up to a tournament this summer, and it was an 18 and under tournament, and – this team was full of JUCO guys. We're talking 19, you know, we, you know what I'm saying? And our parents complained, but I didn't really, you know, it, you know, it, mm -hmm. I just didn't really bother me that much. But, yeah, I've seen it get real sticky between coaches because they know they're playing a kid that's a, that's a, that's a, um, a, a great exception. But then, you know, with every rule, somebody's going to bend the rules. So sometimes the boys don't, they don't even be technically great. They just be the wrong age. <laughs> so, hey, it's just when you start talking about the off-season sports, mm -hmm. it gets to eat. Track is the same way. I, we were at um, an indoor. Hadn't even thought about track. We, we were at an indoor summer track meet. Uh -huh. And AAU found out that those girls was running down. They had to escort them out the field house and ban them. So, like, it's just. Like I say, off-season sports, man, it's, it's just so, wide open. <laughs> how much money is there in this for for these programs? And, and for the organizations? Yes. Um, it depends. Because usually when something like this is going on the way you're describing it, it, it there's money involved somewhere. It's a lot of money involved in it. Uh, now, not, like I said, you have the organization that's out there. They out there for the right reason. You got mm -hmm. the ones that's out there that's not for the right reason. Mm -hmm. That's why, as parents, you always have to make the best decision for your child. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, I can't emphasize that enough. You have to make the best decision for your child. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't go play with this team because that's a team you know. You know, you, you have to do your homework and figure out if this is an organization where your child can flourish. Flourish, because you may be in a situation where you go out and you go pay all this money to go play for a certain organization. And I'm going to give a baseball example. You pay all this money to go play with a, a big organization, 
and all your kid does is run bases the whole summer. Mm -hmm. When he could go play on another organization that may be a little smaller and actually get some at-bats, get some reps on the mound, get some reps at shortstop. If your kid is a shortstop, you know, I watch I watch uh, parents a lot of times go run and go play for big organizations, and they child uh, run bases off. That's all they do. Just come in and pinch run bases mm -hmm. and play outfield. Mm -hmm. You know, how did your child get better? What did you, you know what I'm saying? So... As parents, parents have to always make the best decision to put their children in the best possible situations. Okay, we've we've talked baseball, <laughs> we've talked basketball. Is there an amateur, not high school football program out there as well? I mean, I know there is for smaller kids. When, when my son was very small, he played for the Breck Leagues right. and stuff like that. <clears throat> right. But is there an equivalent of AAU basketball and travel baseball in football? I'm glad you brought it up, 707. Okay. And we actually just started our uh, J.K. Lee Sports, uh, just started a 707 organization. We have kids from surrounding areas, a lot of kids that uh, felt like they got looked over. Mm -hmm. So they just wanted an opportunity. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give them an opportunity. You know, that was another situation last year on Twitter. In the middle of the 707 season, I get an inbox from parents saying, you need to do something. Like, my my, my kid want to play 707. They don't have nowhere for them to play. Mm -hmm. And they wore on me for a year. And I actually talked, asked Terrence's opinion about it. And, uh, and we went on and put it together. We actually just had trials the other day. Mm -hmm. Um and we looking forward to it, man. So when you play seven on seven as opposed to a traditional eleven uh, uh, man game, uh, do the rules change? Yeah, it's more like two hand touch, no linemen. Okay. All skill guys. Like flag football. Yep, exactly. <clears throat> okay, all right. And how long is the season for something like that? Well, it's actually up to the organization. I mean, you have certain organizations that's gonna play in eight tournaments. You know, you have some. It's up to you know whatever decision the organization makes. Basically, okay. it's 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 not anything governing it. It's whatever you want to do. Um, if you want a, a schedule with five tournaments on there, if you want a schedule where you're traveling a lot or you're not traveling as much, mm -hmm. you can do all of that. You know, it's so. Let's go back to what you were talking about with regard to shoe companies and, <laughs> and, and shoe contracts. Uh, how exactly does does that work? Uh, uh, it, let, 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 let's limit it to one sport. Let's talk about AAU basketball. How, how does a shoe company get involved in sponsoring teams or things like that? Or, or do shoe companies sponsor teams? Yeah, they sponsor them. Okay. How much money goes into something like that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. You know, give me on camera saying that. <laughs> I love all of the shoe companies. <laughs> I'll take any meetings with you guys if y'all want to sit out and talk. <laughs> but um, it, it's definitely a, a, a situation where, you know, we have a few local teams around here that have uh, shoe sponsorships, and they're some of the best ones in the country. Um, and they, they go out, they compete well. Um, uh, Coach Jeffo at Madison Prep runs Louisiana Elite, mm -hmm. and uh, they're with Under Armour. And that's one of the best – organizations in the country okay like they go compete at a very high level you know okay. and they get the best kids around here shout out to coach Jeff. that's my guy um mm -hmm. a good guy great guy he um 
he does Louisiana Elite, and you know they have under them, and they be sharp, mm-hmm. like they look good. <laughs> and uh, actually, Madison Prep wears Under Armour too. So, um, but yeah, that you know the, the shoe company step in, and they basically they sponsor everything. If they if they think you have a good enough product to wear that to wear their um, apparel, mm-hmm. you get the sponsorship. Okay, you know. Now, of course, you know there's a lot more that goes into it, but that's the summary of it. And they go to these big old tournaments, man, in um, college coaches. It's all kind of people there, you know, just to see these kids play uh, sports. In the recent college football playoff, you had Cincinnati playing against uh, the big boys, uh, playing against. Yeah, what, who they play? Uh, uh, who they, they play? Georgia Al- or Alabama? They played Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I. From my vantage point, Alabama just didn't want to show a whole lot, so they, they just ran the ball down Cincinnati's throat. What's your opinion about uh, – I, I know your your expertise is in high school athletics, but what's your opinion about this Division One versus Division Two and the Big Five conferences versus – uh, the other conferences, uh, not just in football, although football is is, is my personal favorite, but uh, d- just across the board. What, I, you what's know, your opinion? You know, I've been back and forth about them. They call it the money games. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been back and forth about the money games. Um, at one time, I hated it. At one time, I understood it was necessary evil, and now I'm back on the other side again. I don't mm-hmm. like it no more because uh, I. I listened to Dion, Coach Prime, the other day, mm-hmm. and he made some valid points. Um, if the HBCUs would just play each other, they could generate enough money to not have to go take the money games and, you know, the big payouts to go compete against Georgia, like Southern play LSU this fall. Now, that's going to be great for the city. But... No, it won't. <laughs> no, it won't. We got to be positive, man. I, I remember, so... I guess it's been 15, maybe even 20 years ago, when my son was small. LSU, I mean, Southern played Tulane a couple of years. Yeah. Back to back. Yeah. Tulane didn't just beat Southern. They beat Southern up yeah. to the point that they were midway in the season before they got some of their starting players back. And I just don't see where it's to anyone's advantage well, to have these kids beat up so that the school can make a couple of dollars. Well, it's more than a couple of dollars. <clears throat> Okay, a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> Still. They're getting in the millions now with money games. Well, I don't know if, if HBCUs get yeah, get yeah, get true. millions of dollars. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you, you see them play against these uh, uh, top five conference teams. Uh, what was the young man's name? Gales? Uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and, yeah. And his life was totally altered <laughs> from yeah. playing against Georgia. Now, Georgia was compassionate and right, did some right, things right. on his behalf, but I just don't see the advantage well, to doing something like that. My thing about it is, is, I, and I've, I've said this a few times, if Southern's going to take the money game, they need to take the SEC money game. I never liked Southern taking money games with ULL, Tulane, uh, Louisiana Tech. I never liked that idea because you recruit against them. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you, gotta, if you have a kid from Baton Rouge and – Tech and Southern are his top two choices, and Southern goes to and takes a money game and go up there and get killed. You just lost that recruit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, at least if you're gonna go play a money game, you go go play Georgia, 
LSU, you're not recruiting again. They, you're not gonna get those guys. You know, at the time, you, you know, you want to get those guys. So mm-hmm. at least, you know, you take a money game against Tulane, and not only because Georgia pulled the dogs off early, undoubtedly LSU gonna pull it. You know, <clears throat> gonna take it easy. When you play those teams like ULL uh, and Tulane, they gonna try to they gonna try to hang ninety on you mm-hmm. because they know that they recruiting against you. You know, mm-hmm. they gonna try to hang ninety. On you. So I never like now that one. I never like Southern playing those games. Mm-hmm. Never liked it. I I never like Grambling doing it. I mean, if y'all gonna play play LSU, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they finally doing it now. But I, I I never liked that. I, I always felt like not only were they gonna flex their muscles on you, you gonna lose recruits that day too. Yeah. Cause not too lanky pick the phone up and say, Southern your second choice. We just scored seventy on them. What you know? Yeah. <laughs> you see? You know. Yeah. So that's my take on it. <laughs> you mentioned uh, Deion Sanders, head coach of Jackson State mm-hmm. University. Uh, uh, Deion has been instrumental in uh, bringing. Uh, notoriety and a spotlight back to HBCU football. And I'm from a generation, I was small, but I was, I'm from a generation where the best black athletes had to play at HBCUs because mm-hmm. they didn't have the opportunity Couldn't to play it, mm-hmm. anywhere else. Uh, doors opened up and uh, the superior black athletes went to these majority white schools, PWI, uh, P- PWI and, and, and they have uh, thrived. This. Some of them have thrived there. Some of them have, have been eaten alive there, not just in football, but in basketball mm-hmm. and, and, and other sports as well. Do you think that what Coach Prime has done will uh, start a wave where people start returning back to HBCUs? Perhaps not in the same way that they did 50 years ago, but but start returning back to HBCUs. It's already started. Uh, Southern University picked up a commitment the other day from Dante Starks. Dante Starks wearing the best high school football players I saw in Louisiana a couple of years ago. Four-star recruit coming out of high school, went to LSU, didn't work out, went to JUCO for a year, and now he coming to Southern. He's going to make an immediate impact. Without Coach Prime doing what he's doing at Jackson State, I guarantee you Starks never looks at Southern. I guarantee it. It never crosses his mind. But now you got these kids saying, "Well, you know, what Prime has, you, they, they're seeing what Prime is doing." Mm-hmm. I mean, you turn on ESPN; it's an HBCU segment now. Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. has never been like that. So mm-hmm. now, do you, do I have to really go and to PWI to get this exposure now? Well, why do you think it took Dion doing that? Why 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 didn't a guy like Tony Dungy, uh, who who ha- who has a Super Bowl ring under well, his belt, had great success uh, in the pro ranks? Doesn't need the money uh, because HBCUs can't pay on the same level right. that these other schools can pay. Uh, why, why, why would not a guy like Tony Dungy have done what Deion Sanders did? Was it provide the opportunity? <clears throat> um, the, did, did he seek it? Because I guarantee you, if he had sought it, he would have gotten it. Nah, I, I, Herm Edwards. Uh, uh, you know, you got, went, went, went from being a bad coach at one pro team to being a bad coach at another pro team, and now he's being a bad coach at a PWI. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, but, but if Herm Edwards had said to Howard or FAMU or TSU or Southern, I'd be interested in coaching uh, uh, at, at your school. You don't think Herm Edwards w- w- would have gotten an audience with, well, <laughs> with, with, with with those schools? This was my this is my thing. Um, 
about HBCUs, especially the SWAC schools. Um, we we had gotten into a bad mode of recycling other HBCU coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, every every coach that was getting hired. White folk do the same thing. Huh? White folk do the same thing. Yeah, they're but, doing the same thing. But the thing about it is, is if if you as a school, if you don't call Tony Dungeon, I don't expect Coach Dungeon to reach out to them. I expect State University, I expect TSU to pick up the phone and call them. Tony Dungy writes this huge book about how he cares about uh, kids and, and athletes and, and, <laughs> and, and putting uh, quality of life issues uh, to the forefront and having them play out on the athletic field. You know, the, the, the whole night. Okay, you don't need any money. You, you've got plenty of money. So why don't you devote some time doing this to help some other kids along the way? Tony Dungy is a big Christian. He, he, he loves to talk about the Lord and talk about Jesus. Why doesn't he put some of that to work by giving himself to a, 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 an HBCU for three years or four years? You don't have to make a lifetime commitment out of it. Why? Why would? And I'm 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 calling his name, but he's not the only one. There are a whole bunch of them out there who who could have done that. Why would they not take the same? Why did it take Dion doing it before it was done? I mean, but that's my question. But, okay, but this is my thing, though. Um, Jerry Rice didn't do it. But Jerry Rice not gonna do it. You can let that go. He's not gonna do it. But uh, I don't know with Prime. I think every everything aligned the right way. Uh, the the president at, at Jackson State is a forward thinking guy, younger guy. You know, he went out. Prime was looking to climb up in coaching. Every all the stars in line. I'd rather Prime over uh, Herman or Tony Dunning than them old dudes. No disrespect, but them old dudes, man. Like Prime got young swag. You That's know? not my question. <laughs> my question is, you're right. Prime is younger yeah. and, and probably appeals more to uh-huh. this generation of athletes. But there was a time when Tony Dungy could have done right. it. Right, he could have. Tony Dungy stepped out of the pro ranks and stepped into a broadcast but did booth. He, but did where he, he want sits coach? there with his arms folded like this and says the same thing uh, for, 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 for three minutes. He and, does. And then they move on to he somebody does. else. He does. He could have taken his influence. Just saying Tony Dungy is coming to <laughs> NC State <laughs> yeah. would have made all the difference in the world. You don't think that that's the case? I'm making an argument. You, 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 you don't, I don't think know, that? I, look, this is my thing. I, I don't expect anyone to violate. I, I don't expect Tony Dungy to do that. Tony Dungy wasn't even coaching. He got out of coaching. Now, Herm Edwards, I could get your point on Herm Edwards. But Tony didn't want to coach no more. So why would he come back and coach if he got out of coaching because he didn't want to coach? He didn't want to coach. Okay. <laughs> so, he, you, you just mentioned Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. Er, er, Eric Bieniemy has been looked over uh, as far as— He's starting as, to get as, irritated. As far as a pro coach is yeah. concerned uh, three or four times. Yeah. Uh, why not go to an HBCU? Oh, he ain't going to— Well, you can be a down. head coach. He ain't going down. Why not? You, 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 you say this with such uh, uh, such certainty. Give me a reason why. I'm telling you like why, this. Why would you I'm, not okay, do Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. We shall but, overcome. Martin Luther King Day. Let, 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 let's do all of that. But 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 why would they not I feel like, put their money where their mouth is and actually devote themselves to three or five years of coaching African-American school? I think... 
for Coach Eric to end up at an HBCU, he's going to get a head coaching job somewhere else. It's going to go terrible. Like, it's going to be a terrible two and a half years. He gets five mid-season of his third season. Then he'd come, he'd humble himself enough. Not to say he's an arrogant guy, but... He you just do- said he's an arrogant guy. You, 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 <laughs> he, said, he said he'd have to humble himself. So, so, so you're suggesting that he's an arrogant guy? Well, I mean, I'm just Stump saying, Mitchell came just, here? Yeah, but Stump, Stump was, had already was a terrible coach. Doug Williams already. came here? Doug Williams had never been a head coach. Doug Williams had never been a head coach when he got to Grambling. Prime had never been a head coach either. Prime was a high school head coach. Uh, <laughs> Man. I get are, what you said. There though. are enough top-tier athletes who have succeeded on the highest levels possible, who are African-American, who don't look back at African-American I agree. schools and say that I'm going to devote some of my time, talent, and energy to developing those schools. I agree. You said Jerry Rice. Oh, Jerry Rice not going to do that. Jerry Rice came out of Mississippi Valley. I watched Jerry Rice beat up on Southern when I was a child. Uh, Why why, why would not Jerry Rice do it? In fact, there was a time when the best black athletes in football came out of Mm -hmm. HBCUs. He he ain't going to... I don't even know. Somebody going to have to correct me. I don't even know if Jerry, Jerry Rice even goes to Mississippi Valley games at all. I know he did, he did his coming home celebration a few years ago on TV, and guess what the location was? San Francisco. He ain't doing it, Mississippi. So, he ain't doing it, Mississippi. So it sounds like you're saying something without saying what you're saying. And, Look, and I'm trying hard. You trying to get me to say I'm working it, hard trying to get you to Why say it. Why you trying to get me to say it? Because you're in the seat, and you give me the opportunity to ask the question. And so I'm asking the question, why, in your opinion, would not these guys, who many of them owe their career to HBCUs, why would they not give back in that way? (laughs) Prime didn't go to an HBCU. Nope. He he went to what, Florida State? Florida State. Yeah. So, 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 So he didn't go to an HBCU. But he's giving back to an well, hold on, not hold up, but no, but now let now let's be honest. Let us keep it real about Prime. If Prime had any other coaching opportunity at PWI, somebody he told me the, that that he was offered a position at TCU. TCU was looking at him, and, and and he said, "No, I'm I'm gonna stay where I am." Well, he got his, he gonna coach his sons now, so he gonna be there to Shamar graduate. So he, he ain't going nowhere. Now, after that, he'll get a PWI job, and he's going to throw deuces to HBCUs. But let's all keep it real. Like, don't act like he probably, he probably would have had any other head coaching offer before Jackson State. There was a PWI at a bigger school. He would have took it. <clears throat> no doubt in my mind. No right. doubt in my mind. But he sits in the seat now. And he, but he's and, sitting in the seat now. And, and he's doing a great job. He's doing a great job. And I'm asking, why is that not being replicated by other guys? Why trying to make me do it? <laughs> I'm just asking a question. I, wait, wait, okay, you talk about a guy. And, like, and, and you, I'm not trying to make you say something. It sounds like you want to say something, and you hold yourself back <laughs> from what it is that you're trying to say. Okay. okay if we were okay, in a pulpit like and you were let preaching, me. you know what I say right about now? Uh, make it plain, preacher. <laughs> Make it plain. Okay. <clears throat> okay. This because because, this because right now you ain't making it plain. Okay. Let, let me say. Let me say this. Certain guys, you know, we, t- we talked about Jerry Rice, 
and uh, guys like that, they don't see any, they don't see value in HBCUs. Why not? I, I just, Came I, out I'm going to go a little further. Came I'm, out of an HBC. I know, but I'm going to go a little further and say that, you know, shoe on the other foot, If I don't know if Jerry's a proud HBCU guy. I, I, he just doesn't strike me as a guy that's, you know. Well, I wouldn't know because I've never met the man. Yeah, but, I'm just saying but, just from what, yeah. what he does on TV. I ain't never met the dude either, but yeah. I'm just saying he doesn't seem like a guy that's real proud of man, I mean, I could be wrong. That's just what I take from mm-hmm. it. You know, I take from it. Um, a, we go, you got a guy like Tony Dungeon with no HBCU background. Um, I could, I couldn't see him waging his career on going to HBCU Is because it? he, it, because he, he has no connection to it. He has no dog in the fight. I, that's why I'm saying you kept saying that he does have a dog in the fight. He has African-American men and to women. Him. He has African-American parents. That, he has him. African-American children. They are dogs in the fight. To him. Do you have to have a direct connection before you show any interest at all do, do me and in, you in the next that, generation those of, guys, of, of people? Really? Those guys? A guy like a guy like Tony, like I said, a guy like Tony Dungeon that probably has never been to a, a black college football game, you know, you gotta, you, you have to, you have to know some, the, 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 a guy like him, his background, man. Like, now he, and you would think, cause he was like the, what, the first black quarterback to break a record, cause with the Washington, right? That's Doug Williams. No, no but not, Tony, Dunn, Tony Dunn. did Tony Dunn play at Washington? Where did he play? Uh, he played for, uh, I wanna say Chicago. Uh, don't talk about it in, in college. Oh, I don't know where he played his college ball. I, I know he played. I think he played at. He played in because I think him and um one of the other coaches played against each other. But Doug came back to his alma mater. Yeah, when well, he had a doc, Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I mean, you say of course. Jerry Rice has an alma mater too. Everybody ain't built the same though, man. <laughs> Everybody ain't built the same. And I love Jerry Rice as a player, but he ain't coming. I, he he's never coached. Doug had never coached till he coached. Doug wanted to coach, though. <laughs> Doug wanted to coach. Are you suggesting? I, let, <laughs> let, let, let me go from, from from asking open-ended essay questions to asking to, to, to asking true/false questions. Is it possible? Yes, no questions. Is it possible that these superior black athletes have been jaded? by the white world that they entered into and the white mates that they have, both personal and interpersonal, and have decided that they don't need to, that they have reached a place where they don't need to look back and reach back and help other African-Americans who have not yet achieved that level of, of, of celebrity? I'm gonna say this. That was a good question. Yeah, I'm gonna say this. Um, that was a real good question. I think I, I'm not gonna. Uh, yes, I. Yes, Thank you. Yes, but, at least I got a yes out. Of it. Thank you. <laughs> but, but um, I think with a, you know you a guy like like I say like a Tony Dungy, he's definitely gonna make it seem like he he cares about it more. You know what I mean? He's gonna do. He's gonna write a book and you know do that type of he stuff. He has written a book. Exactly. And he gonna talk about it on camera, but is he actually gonna stop what he's doing and come coach ABC? No. Okay. <laughs> and I like Tony. Why? Why you making it seem like I don't like Coach Dungeon, I, I'm man? Not, I'm, I'm, 
I'm sticking with football because football is, is my favorite sport. Right, right, right. But, but the same thing could be said about the other sports. Same oh, thing yeah. could be said about basketball. Same thing could be said about baseball. I would imagine baseball was the one I know the least about. Right. But uh, I just have trouble with the fact that what Deion Sanders is doing is not being replicated immediately. I mean, I know it's just been one year, mm-hmm. but uh, and, and maybe there will be some replication that comes down the line. But right now, I don't see other guys coming up saying, if you if you have an opening, uh, I'm, I'm willing to step in mm-hmm. to do You're this. You're right. You're right. I agree with you. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Why do black folk like Nick Saban more than they like anybody at LSU? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know what the Nick Saban craze is. Uh, I, I don't even under. You know what it is? You know what it is? It's not the fact that they love Nick Saban. They just hate LSU. That's what black no. black, black people know. Black people in Baton Rouge. I, I'm gonna I'm, and I'm gonna go a little further. A lot of the people. It, it, it's funny when you see a certain university fan saying that they rooting for Alabama because they like Nick Saban. And, like, I see that. I know you hate LSU. You know what I'm saying? You you can't stand LSU. So just say that. Like, don't come to me and say you a fan of Nick Saban because you wasn't a fan of him when he was at LSU. <laughs> but now I was saying, and, and Nick Saban, a, a, a hell of a coach. But as a person. No question. I, as a person, I prefer Les Miles and Ogeron as people. I've met them before. Mm-hmm. Good people. Mm-hmm. Like Nick Saban is arrogant. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have no problem believing that. <laughs> but uh, you, you were talking about uh, well now there's this portal thing that goes uh, on, and athletes have greater opportunity to leave schools without uh, suffering too much damage from doing so. But when Saban was at LSU, Saban was one of the ones who closed the door. Yeah. To LSU athletes being able to come across town and well, play, he, he one, and well, play for Southern. He, he, when, no, he came when, up with the when, don't when, transfer when, in state. When Donardo was the head coach mm-hmm. at LSU and, and a kid was recruited and he he wasn't getting what he thought was adequate playing time, he could he could go across town. Uh, what was the kid's name? Pernell Sharp, uh, running back. Uh, yeah, uh, Sharp. Uh, uh, he, he left Michael LSU and, and and became a, a, a huge uh, running back at Southern. When Saban became head coach at Southern, that door was slammed well, shut. He came up with the don't transfer in-state rule. <clears throat> he came up with the no trans don't transfer in-state. So. It's not. It wasn't a southern thing. It was a everybody in the state thing. Well, I didn't think it was a southern thing, yeah, but but was, but yeah. I thought it was just that we recruited you, we got you, you ain't going nowhere. Uh-uh, he had came up with the don't transfer in state. Uh, well, matter of fact, his was a little stricter. He didn't transfer and wasn't the option. Then Les came in was like don't transfer in state. And then toward the end of Les tenure, he started to let him transfer. You know. But when Les got there, he was like, "What? No transfer in state? What mm-hmm. you mean?" <laughs> like mm-hmm. Nick had Nick had all that ironed out. Mm-hmm. And uh, but now you're starting to see, you know, everything open back up again as far as LSU guys coming to Southern. I just told you about Dante Stark, you know. Yeah. So um, you starting to see it open back but, up. But 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 that's because the NCAA it had the portal. has changed. Yeah, the portal, and the portal yeah. has changed a whole lot. It's, of that. it's a free fall now, yeah. man. Yeah. I, I saw something the other day to say they had fourteen hundred and eighty. Student athletes in the transfer portal. Yeah. They say eighty percent of them not not gonna ever leave. 
Not going to ever be the portal? Not going to stay in the portal. They'll never play again. The, they'll never play. Okay. Uh, uh, the kid who played quarterback for LSU this year, Brad Johnson. Uh, yeah, Max. Uh, he ended Max Johnson. Mm-hmm. He ended up going to Texas. Texas yeah, A&M, yeah, he went somewhere. somewhere. Texas yeah, A&M. Texas A&M. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, so he went from one SEC school, one SEC West school, to another SEC West school. Uh, and, and there are no rules that bar against that anymore. All right, let, let's talk about one other thing. <laughs> let's talk about this NIL thing, name, <laughs> image, likeness. Uh, there's this 19-year-old kid who is a gymnast at LSU, uh, Olivia somebody, yeah, yeah. who has made multiple millions of dollars off of this NIL thing and and uh, she made the cover of bad news business report and they talked about what a wonderful thing it was for them has the attitude about that changed a lot uh in in recent years when it has become something that white folk could take advantage of as opposed to the attitude they had about that when it was primarily black athletes who, uh, who were being approached uh, for that. Because I guarantee you, no black athlete would have been on the cover of Bad News Business Report uh, under similar circumstances. That That's not for you to say yes or no to. That's my humble opinion. <laughs> How you doing, Rolf? Good to see you. Uh, uh, but but uh, now, now that it has become something that white kids can take advantage of, and make money off of it. There seems to be a different attitude about it now than existed before. Am I correct in that assessment or, or not? No, I, it, the color had nothing to do with it. Okay. Um, the heat of the NIL came down because the athletes, and well, I think it might have been California somewhere, um, athletes started to realize that they could get money mm-hmm. and it kept The NCAA still don't like the NIL. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and and then to me, the NIL still, I love the NIL, and I'm glad people are, I'm glad these young, because they deserve it. They deserve to get paid for what they're doing. That's that's how I feel. But to me, I still think it needs to be, something else needs to be done. These schools need to be paying these athletes. Like, that. that's just how I feel. Like, they need to chip in and pay them. They making the money, but the NIL stepped in. The NIL agreement stepped, stepped in and stopped schools from having to come up with contracts. They were like, screw it, we're just going to let them make money off themselves. Mm-hmm. And they stepped in and did that. But we're going to get in the next, sometime in the next 10 years, universities going to start having to issue out some money too. This ain't, the NIL is just the beginning. I, I looked the other day, uh, LeBron James' son, NIL contract is estimated, when he graduates, estimated to be $6.1 million. $6.1 million. Yeah. That boy, dude, 16 years old, man. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to come a time where this school's going to start to start paying, but to answer your question, no, I don't think it had anything to do with race. I think this is the only color matter right now is green. Mm-hmm. And that's just what's most important. I mean, because right now I think the quarterback at Alabama and the quarterback at um, Ohio State, two black guys, they got the second and third NIL deals in the country. Yeah, I understand that. But I'm a little bit older than you. <laughs> I remember a time when – the idea of African-American athletes being able to monetize their value while still in college was seen as a, 
as a negative. Oh, I do. In fact, certain rules were put into place to make sure that you couldn't monetize mm -hmm. uh, your, your value until you had given so much time to the institution. Mm -hmm. Usually it had to do with football, had to do with basketball. basketball. Mm -hmm. uh, baseball, they didn't seem to have the same problem. Uh, you, you, could, you could sign a minor league contract in baseball. Mm -hmm. Josh Booty did that. Went, went, oh, went, a whole lot went, of went and played minor league baseball. They came and played quarterback. Flopped, failed. How you doing, Mr. Booty? Went and failed at, 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 at minor league baseball and came back and went from being a professional in one sport to being an amateur in another so that he could play football because mm -hmm. they thought that he was going to be LSU's salvation mm -hmm. on the football team. That didn't work out either, did it? But I'm just curious. Hey, Mr. Booty, if, I'm a fan of uh, Josh Booty. I'm a <laughs> Has there been an attitudinal shift over the years? Uh, and and, and you, you don't think that race has anything to well, do you, with that? Well, you remember the O'Bannon brothers started that, the UCLA brothers? Mm -hmm. And um, that's the reason why they stopped making the, uh, the NCAA college uh, game, video games. Yeah. Cause they, so that, this, I, like, I used to play them all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And like that, you know, that kind of that. So that's what I'm saying. This NIL thing has been 20 years in the making. Oh. So I don't think I just I don't that in my opinion, I don't think it had anything to do with it. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, because at the end of the day, the gymnast from uh, the gymnast that you was talking about, right. she's still going to be able to make as much money as Stroud and Bryce will. You know, I mean, now she's going to be able to get some. How much they say? How many million? 16, I believe it was. <laughs> That, 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 that she made. And, and and I could be wrong on that, but... That sounds like uh, a lot. Uh, it is a lot for a 19-year-old kid who ain't accomplished nothing. Uh, I think... to, 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 to have that kind of opportunity. And I don't begrudge anybody the opportunities that are given to them. I'm just saying, let's be fair yeah. about it. It's a free-fall now, though. And somehow or other... Rules, you know, when Tiger Woods was winning the, the the Masters by 20 strokes, they changed the whole uh, uh, dynamic of the golf course. They they moved pins around, moved holes around to to make it harder, harder for him for for Tiger Woods. Everybody else had to suffer because Tiger Woods he was too good. What was, was too good. For everybody else. The, the course was fine when it was Phil Nicholson who, who was doing it, but, but when it became Tiger Woods, there is something in the psyche of America that says that when African Americans succeed at something, we have to change uh -huh. the rules. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm just asking the question. You've already answered it twice. I'm going to give you a chance to answer it again. <laughs> I, 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 I just see that with this NIL rule. You know, Minor league baseball players were primarily white. Yeah. For whatever reason, whether blacks couldn't play, which is wrong, or or, or should or, or didn't play, which is probably more correct, minor league baseball players were white, and it was okay to be a minor league baseball player and get paid to play uh, baseball. Never make it to the majors. Ne ne never get to Showtime. Ten, fifteen uh, years. You know, but 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 they could make money. But if you wanted to leave. Uh, a basketball program after the first year until the rules changed. Yeah. You couldn't do it. Well, they changed the And rules, you though. were selfish for talking about doing it. Yeah. I listened to talk radio all day long. Yeah. 
I can't believe how selfish they are. Oh, they, 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 they've been given this wonderful opportunity to go to this uh, top-ranked school and receive a first-class education. And, and I just think that it's selfish. They want to turn their backs on such a program, like such an elite program so, uh, like, like this, in, in order to go out and try to make some money. It, I, it just doesn't seem right to me. Well, it's not American look, to do that. Look how they're doing the kids that sitting out the bowl games. Yes. They don't want to get hurt. Talking about them like a dog. Yes. Talking about them like a dog because they sitting out because they don't want to get hurt playing so in the meeting bowl. I'm asking somebody whose life is about sports. You don't see a difference in attitude, an, an attitudinal shift that's wrapped around race? I, I don't. Okay. I don't. I, I, re, I don't. And the reason why I'm saying this is Three times, Terrence. I asked him three times. I, 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 the reason why <laughs> I, I don't you know. is because it... It started, the O'Bannon started this whole thing. It was black dudes. I know who, I know who the O'Bannons are. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I didn't think it was a color thing. I just think it's more with the... Now, I do think the schools were definitely holding them dudes there to try to make as much money off of them as they can. They was holding them in college. No doubt in my mind. The, if what and, you and, suggested and, and, is going to happen actually happens you're going to see such a monumental shift in college athletics because there are schools like LSU and Alabama and Texas A&M that have the money where their programs are not even uh, attached to the university, where, where, where they generate their own money. LSU makes so much money off of athletics that they give money back to the university out of their athletic program. But you also have schools out there, and not just HBCUs. You have schools out there whose athletic programs are not as successful as an LSU or an Alabama and a Texas A&M. They can't afford to pay their athletes. And so uh, a a kid who comes out who's a five-star recruit, he's not going to just pick a team based upon uh, the offensive philosophy of the coach. He's going to pick a team based upon how much money he can make. Well, you 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 said something that I want to pick it back up. You said LSU and Alabama. If if we do get to that point where schools start paying, LSU and Alabama won't win no more. We got to think Ohio State, Michigan, uh, uh, Notre Dame. These people have billion dollar uh, endowments every year. LSU don't have that kind of money. So you're going to see them, those schools where it's cold and, they, and the mm-hmm. brothers don't want to go up there because it's cold. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to cut the biggest checks. They're going to price. That's the reason why a lot of people think is people think that I'm wrong saying that they gonna it's going to get to that point because you're going to have like Alabama, LSU, and those schools in the SEC, they don't have no money compared to them schools in the Big Ten and the Pac-12. That's the rich school. Stanford, USC, people got money. So you you'll see athletes start saying, "Well, man, maybe it ain't too cold for me to go go to Penn State. <laughs> the people gonna give me thirty million dollars. I can go play in the cold at Penn State, yeah. you know." <laughs> so I don't know, man. It, it's all a discussion point. So we'll see. I like the NIL though, and I don't think it was nothing that had nothing to do with no race. But I guess we gotta disagree on that one. We will. <laughs> Thoroughly disagree, but that's okay. This is a this this setting is a church podcast, so uh-huh. I can't end the podcast without bringing up church. Okay, I'm sorry. And, and, and so, no, you ain't got nothing to be sorry about. Oh, okay. I'm, about to say, I'm holding it up. No, <laughs> oh. not at all. I'm, I'm I'm winding things up, but I didn't want to close it out without talking in some way about church. When you deal with uh, 
the kids that you deal with, high school athletes, youngsters, uh, is there a spiritual component to, to, to what's going on with, with these kids that, uh, that, that is being uh, given attention to as they start making these life decisions about what they want to do? Yes. Um, the majority of school, I'm trying to think if I've ever not been to a game or a, uh, a school and didn't see them pray. I don't even, I think most of the games we go to, Alex, I think um, it's always, most of the time now they're praying together. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's always a spiritual, they praying before the locker room, scoring a touchdown, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely, they are definitely spiritual, uh, a spiritual group. And it's serious. Mm-hmm. Like, I, we, <laughs> we were at practice, my coach was fussing at him. He said, all right, now come on in for a prayer. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So it's definitely it's definitely there, and I see it a lot. Is there something that the organized church, I'm talking primarily African-American church, is there something that the organized African-American church can do that would serve to foster uh, greater success for these young people than what we are currently doing? Because as I sit here and think about it, uh, there used to be a time when churches had leagues yep. uh, and, and churches sponsored these kids in these athletic competitions. I don't think too much of that goes on Mm-mm. anymore. From your perspective, is there something that churches could do to, to, to enhance what's going on with these young people in athletics? Well, you know, growing up, you know, we played, a, we would play a lot of the, the, the church-sponsored teams. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't have them anymore, but you bringing it up, yeah, I never thought about it, but yeah, some sponsorship to schools, athletic programs, and something like that. Um, you'd be surprised how many of these athletic programs are successful with not enough resources. Mm-hmm. You know, so definitely donating to specifically to athletic programs from the uh, the black churches, man, that would do a lot. I mean, it could be something small like like the doing breast cancer awareness, making sure they had a pink wristband. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just very something small. Oh, another one just came to mind. Uh, after the games, you know, a lot of these kids playing these games, basketball and football. I went to Southern Lab. Um, we ate after all our games. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how these programs don't have money to feed the kids after the games. Right. So it'd be something simple as right. showing up and, you know, having food for them after they finish playing. Right. You know? They definitely like that, you know. So, yeah, I never even thought about that. That was a good question. Out of, out of the 50 I asked, I'm glad I got two one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was pretty good. I'm just joking. Uh, but but going forward, if if there is something that, we can do here at Shiloh that will help with what you're just talking about. Uh, I encourage you to reach out to me. I sure will. And, and, and we'll see what we can do. To I help. sure will. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that'd be pretty cool, that man. Yeah. Typically, I ask uh, people, do, do, do you have kids yet? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have a daughter. Uh, as a father living in this city, do you have an aspiration? I know the choices are the children's, but do you have an aspiration for your children to remain in Baton Rouge and and develop their lives and their families here? Most in, definitely. In, okay. Most definitely. I'm Baton Rouge so you think to the Baton Rouge, bone. And, Baton Rouge is a good place. Oh for yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we got our problems, man, but I love my city, and I um and I definitely I, she better not move nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> Mr. J.K. Lee, J.K. Lee Sports, thank you so much for taking the time to yeah, share right. with us today. I hope I didn't get you in too much trouble with, with, with some of the other folks. You're going to tell up all my uh, relationships <laughs> asking me all the questions. <laughs>
Thank you all for viewing. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back again next time.